This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm here today with Robbie. Hey, how's it going? And uh, two Davids. That's not going to get confusing at all. Hey. I answer to anything at this point, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to... Uh, Marisha's not here tonight, and that gives us an opportunity. Marisha's not a gamer, never really been a gamer, um, all four of us play, we, we, a lot of us play a little bit different kind of games. I think me and David play mostly the same kind of games, but, um, we've, you know, all had different experiences with games, different games that we grew up on. And, uh, so we just want to take the night and talk about some of our favorite games. But before we do that, uh, David does have one news item that we want to discuss briefly. Yeah. So usually we. We have some news to talk about at the top of the show, but this week there wasn't much. Uh, I'm scouring the web every single day looking for stuff. And the only thing that came out this past week of any interest to us is any interest to us is that there's going to be a Wakanda show on Disney Plus. So that's another Marvel show that they are rolling out. And if WandaVision's anything to go off of, there's going to be some really high quality shows. So. And I think uh, I think the director of Black Panther is involved with yeah. this Wakanda show. Other than that, there's there's no info on what the show is actually going to be about. I would assume Sherry um, and the, the royal family there. Obviously, with uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing, they did confirm that they are not going to be recasting the Black Panther. So. But there is going to be a Black Panther 2. So maybe this Wakanda show could introduce us to the idea that someone else could take up the mantle and yeah. lead us into Black Panther 2. Yeah. Uh, but that's just pure speculation. Do you guys have any thoughts on this Wakanda show coming to Disney Plus? Um, I think Wakanda, because it's a, a foreign world to us, is an interesting one that they can do a lot and, and do a lot with kind of the the climate of, of what's, what actually goes on in Wakanda. Uh, you know, a, an enormously scientifically developed nation that's been very secretive, but we've saw them at the end of Black Panther beginning to reach out and be more involved in the global community. And I think all of that's really interesting. I think they're going to do a lot of that. But I do think that this will, because this wasn't announced, this wasn't one of the early planned shows, I don't believe. It wasn't in the big announcement. And so I do believe that this is going to be, is going to be the vehicle to, especially since the same director is on board to do it, that's handling the movies, that this is going to be the vehicle that's going to give them a little bit more leeway than a movie to help, to figure out how to move forward after however they removed uh, T'Challa from the story. Well, I think you're probably right as far as what we'll see. Uh, like, if I had my way and I could pick, like, I would like to see either something about the founding of Wakanda, 
you know, yeah. just as far as like you know the beginnings. That would be or cool maybe something about Tachaka. Yeah. That would actually be really cool to kind of go back and, and, and fill us in on the history of the nation. So, yeah, I mean, I would actually really like that. That's a great idea, actually. And and there's a really good chance that could be what it is. Um, it, at least maybe at least something like right. Maybe not something at the very beginning, but I could see something taking place in the past, maybe about uh, T'Chaka. And I don't remember Black Panther very well, but. During that flashback, that was, um, I mean, maybe they could take that actor who played him in the flashback back in like the nineties or whatever it was and put him in the show. And let's, let's, let's see his stories. Um, but I mean, to be honest, I don't care that much about Wakanda only because it is like you said, like a foreign nation happening over there. And it's probably not going to be about any characters that I care much for. I, I loved Black Panther. I loved T'Chaka. And very sadly, he's not going to be a part of it, obviously. And so I find it difficult to be excited for it. But if it's a high-quality show, then, uh, of course, I'll I'll watch it. Yeah, Robbie, do you have any thoughts? Have you actually... have Robbie, have you seen the Black Panther movie? No, I've only seen maybe... 50% of the Marvel uh, movies from like the whole first um, section of movies there. So I, I am not even close to up to speed. <laughs> All right. Um, As usual. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's really kind of it. As far as the only other real news, actually, because this isn't news so much as it's just something that's kind of happening right now, uh, but it's related to our gaming topic is, uh, we kicked off season eight of Apex Legends yesterday, and I know Robbie, you've played some, but you haven't played lately. No, um, there's about four new characters um, since the last time I played. So uh, Scooter actually, is in there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I saw that's all they added Scooter in. I'm really excited to get in there <laughs> and uh, you know hop on my razor and do some you know spinny flips and the ankles. It should be pretty <laughs> devastating. I'm probably gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> They'll probably have to, you know, um, nerf me a little bit in there with my scooter powers. But, uh, well, you know, we'll cross, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Um, but I, I'm really, the new season, I, the new seasons always take a little bit of, uh, adjusting adjustment for me to get used to. I feel like I start off every season really bad and then spend the rest of the season trying to get my numbers back up. But, um, <laughs> What did you think about the new season so far, David? I mean, we got a new weapon. We got the the thirty thirty repeater and a, a new um, a new legend who I think is going to be a unless they end up nerfing the hell out of him at some point, maybe another top tier legend. Yeah, I kind of imagine he's going to be nerfed. Like he is pretty strong. Uh, yeah, I imagine they'll probably nerf him at some point. Like I've got to use him a little bit, and I like that thirty thirty, but. It, just like in games, I haven't had too many opportunities to use it, but it seems like it can be really strong. Like full disclosure, I'm actually watching an Apex tournament right now as we're talking. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, they're all still using the same characters. I see a lot of Horizon and a lot of Bloodhounds, some Gibbies and some Rays. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I really do think that. I mean, it, it's still. I mean, a lot of people are playing this game, but I, I think that it's mostly kind of going by as an underappreciated game 
Um, as far as what I've seen of the in the world of battle royale type games, this this one really to me is kind of the king right now. Yeah, they're topping Twitch today at least, and I, I know they said that the first year I think they gained thirty percent, and then the second year they gained another thirty percent. So they're not slowing down at least. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they're they're doing a great job, and I love the story they're building around the characters as they go. I mean. If I'm being honest, if they decided they wanted to do a a weekly, uh, a weekly show on a streaming service somewhere, I would most likely watch it. I mean, yeah. they, they've done a really good job with those characters. But um, yeah, that, that's that's been a good game, and um, we're on it pretty frequently, and occasionally I do run it on Twitch. So over the course of your life, I mean, I know for me, gaming has changed throughout my life, mostly because. I know for me and David, we've been alive for so much of the, especially the console uh, development. You know, uh, we, we've been around to play on most of the consoles that have ever come out. Yeah, we're in danger of making me feel really old right now, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I know because we started off with those earlier consoles, our gaming has changed a lot. Um for David being a lot younger, David, I mean, has your, what you play really ever evolved, you know, has it evolved a lot? Because you've had a lot more available to you as a, especially as a console gamer in your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I've noticed while making the list is that I've, because of all the different uh, games available to me and that I've been able to have, I've, also, I've been fortunate enough to have all these different consoles and even a PC I play a very diverse range of games. I've got to experience a lot of diverse games. But while actually making my list, I sort of narrowed it down to... And I figured out for myself the kind of games that I enjoy are a very particular type of game. Even though I've played all these different types of games. I mean, I still play on the regular. I'm switching between Call of Duty and something like Minecraft and then an RPG and... Then like a, a puzzle game or a strategy game, it, it flips back and forth. Every single week I'm playing all these different types of games. It, so, but, but what ends up on my top five list is we'll, when we'll get to it, it, you'll see it's a very particular type of game that I consider my favorite. But I have been able to play a lot of different types of games, and I'm very fortunate to do that. I love all games. Yeah. Um, Robbie, you actually play a pretty good, pretty diverse range of games as well. Um, like what is everybody playing right now? Like what's, I mean, I know for me, like Apex is a new season just started, so I'm pretty much just playing Apex, but I've also been playing some city skylines. I, I used to play a lot of Sim City, and it's kind of the same vibe and it's just, um, for me, those games are problematic in that I can sit down and start clicking away, and next thing I know, it's three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, Robbie, what are what are you really playing right now? Uh, right now, well, yeah, actually, City Skylines is one of my constants, which is like it's the same thing where I just start clicking away, and the next thing I know, I'm pissed off about traffic, and I'm trying to fix <laughs> my traffic, so I redesign a whole section of the city. 
Um, so that's one of my my constants. And uh, I had been on Animal Crossing for a while. I just was kind of interested in checking that out. And uh, it's pretty good. It's kind of a grind. Um, but Breath of the Wild has been probably my main for uh, the past couple of months now. Uh, finally, finally got a Switch, and I've been uh, really enjoying Breath of the Wild. It's a, it's a really cool game with a lot of fun mechanics. David, what kind of games are you most into? I mean, I know, like me, like I said, you run a lot of FPS games, but outside of FPSs, like, what kind of games uh, do you really enjoy? Well, it used to be like I was into everything from RPGs to sports games to adventure games. Lately, it's really just been Apex. Like, I... I know that Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, and I was a big Assassin's Creed fan for like a long time. I think really until like Unity, that kind of killed it for me a little bit. Yeah. But um, like I have Odyssey, and I've been trying to finish that before I start Valhalla, and I'm really bad about like I think I'm gonna play it, and then I end up just like playing Apex or something <laughs> like that, just mainly because. I mean, you can play an Apex game, and it you know it could be two seconds or it could be twenty minutes. But if I start trying to play Assassin's Creed and I want to get somewhere, I need a couple hours to sit down and do it. And right. a lot of times, that's not a thing. Like when I was younger and I didn't work so much and things like that, I could play, you know, Assassin's Creed or Final Fantasy or something like that, where I had all day. And like right. now, it's just kind of like bite-sized chunks. Yeah, and and that's kind of for me. Like a lot of times. There, I go through times where I have the extra time, and that's when I pull out games like Sid Meier's Pirates, and I will just sit down and spend five hours and play through it again. But, yeah, for me, a lot of times it's just a matter of time, and I, I think that's why I really like, you know, FPS's uh, deathmatch-type games or the Battle Royale-type games, because I can pull it out and I can play for however long I want to play. I can play for 30 minutes or I can play for three hours, and I can turn it off and I don't have to worry about how far I made it through or did I make it to a save point or, or any of those things. I, it could just pick it up. And that, that was kind of what killed, honestly killed destiny for me, which is a, is a great game and an interesting game, but, grind. but having to grind for the gear to be able to compete in the multiplayer made it almost unplayable for me because I couldn't keep up. I just want to say that, it, you know, I, I can't believe it took 15 minutes into the gaming uh, podcast before we mentioned Sid Meier's Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to come up multiple times tonight. So yeah, I'm no, counting, absolutely. I'm counting mentally. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that on disc somewhere. Yeah, I do too. I don't ever pull the disc out because I finally just, at some point, I bought it digitally on the on one of the consoles, but I've still got the disc over here. Same. <laughs> it's such a good one. Um, yeah, that the the timing thing though with games is is tough. I've found that more and more to be the issue for me as well. Where I, you know, by the time everything winds down at night, between that time and me getting really tired, I really don't have a whole lot of time to get into a lot. But uh, that's kind of one thing that I've really liked about most of the switch games i've played have been built to pick up play a little bit and put down like even breath of the wild um you know you can play 20 minutes and put it down and still have right. a great time so that's been pretty cool yeah um <clears throat> so kind of as we get in because i mean, kind of this is we're gonna i want to do more gaming episodes in the future but this is just kind of this is our first gaming episode on this show after and we've been at it for almost a year now our um, anniversary show will be less it will be less than two weeks from now whatever we are recording next week will be for our anniversary show and um 
I kind of hate that I haven't done more gaming on here, but uh, David, you mentioned that you had been into sports games and, and that's something I used to play a lot too. What is there something in particular that kind of killed that for you or NCAA football is coming back. I just, I have to blurt that out. That was really what killed it for me. Cause I was just an NCAA fan. Yeah. It's coming back. Is it really? Yeah. They announced it like last week. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. How did you happen to catch how they're planning on doing it? Because a lot of it was a money issue with the schools yeah. and with the players. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, you know, exactly they're going to do differently. Cause yeah, that all started when, you know, the talk of paying players and I know, I think they had a hard time getting the sec to, to give the player likenesses and things like that. But supposedly it's going to happen. They didn't really have much other than, I think it was just like a social media thing they put out saying it was coming back. Yeah, so I saw the uh, some rumor mill on that, and so take with a grain of salt. But from from what from what the rumor mill says, um, they are planning on not doing any sort of player likeness until the new laws go into effect or uh, new rules. I forget what year that is. It's not next year though. Um, and once the new rules that allow players to get endorsements and things like that. Um, go into effect, then they're going to consider starting to do player likeness and stuff like that. So I think maybe they're going to try to get, you know, some steam going ahead before all those things come out and then kind of take it day to day or, you know, year to year from there. But uh sounds like they kind of have a plan in place for how they're, they're going to do it and sort this out this time around. So it'll be interesting to see the execution. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll be excited because, and the reason I asked you that, David, is because I was really into sports games, and when NCAA went away, I, I quit playing them, other than very, very occasionally picking up Madden, and yeah, for whatever reason, me. for whatever reason, I've just never enjoyed Madden as much. It doesn't play the same. No, it definitely doesn't play the same. Now you can take, like uh, to take schools and build them up. Right. Yeah, y'all can take Southern Miss to uh, twenty years of national championships now. That's right. Exactly. Oh, I've done it with yeah, so many random schools too. <laughs> Hold on, let me make a creative player. I'm going to make Ellis Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going. This is in danger of becoming a very different podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. I should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, that's exciting to see that it's coming back. I, I hope they kind of can pick up where they left off because it, it was kind of, I really always felt like NCAA was kind of the pinnacle of, at least with the football games. I've never really, it. I used to play some baseball games, but that was a really, really long time ago. That was like Super NES. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I just thinking RBI baseball now. It's just yeah. stuck in my head. Yeah. The song. <laughs> yeah, the one song. Yep. <laughs> just playing over and over on a loop. Yeah, that was kind of one of the funny things is like realizing, um, you know, some of these games that, the, the older games, the NES, Super NES games, I think they would drive us crazy now a little bit with the, the one, like the one song per game. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're really actually kind of spoiled with soundtracks and video games these days and um, especially when you look at stuff like Christopher 10 does for the civilization games and things like that, where you've got a world-class composer writing music for your video games and, um, you know, going back to games like Halo, the Halo franchise and, and those where we had a big variety of music 
And of course, you know, the Star Wars games are always really good at bringing in good composers or, or using existing music. But um, kind of just to give everybody a, a rounded view of, of what we um, really like, like, what are, I mean, Robbie, what is your favorite video game of all time? Man, that's such a hard question. Um, yeah, cuz it was hard enough. I ended up with 11 games on here and the way I did it was I went through like just year to year of my life. Um and just looking at the list, favorite, man, that is tough. Um I feel like it's got to be linked to the past. Um and mostly because it's very close with a lot of other games as far as um you know ranking in my mind but link to the past was you know that was my first video game you know growing up we mm. had you know the 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 original nintendo and that was kind of like i don't even know was that yours or was that our dad's the link to the past no no the the original nintendo we had that was mine yeah so like we that was you know that was like your game and like i just my first memories are that nintendo existing so i remember the christmas i got my super nintendo and it was bundled with a uh, link to the past. Yep. And so that was just like, you know, the smell of a new gaming system, molded plastic, all of that. And, uh, you know, just ingrained in your brain. And uh, I just remember playing link to the past. And so it was like the first game I ever like worked my way through and kind of, you know, played. And so it's year after year, I'll go back to that game on some, you know, some different console. I've played mm -hmm. it on emulators. I played it on, um, my SNES Mini. Um, sometimes I'll get out the original SNES and play it. And uh, recently, I've been playing it on Switch on the yeah. emulator on there. Okay. So I'm just like, it is one that I probably have gone back to, you know, four or five times over the course of my life. And I think it probably had the biggest impact on what made me like video games. So I think I think it's probably the reason I still play video games and love games and consider myself a gamer is because that that's the one that hooked me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of the same for me. I mean, I played a lot of games, but, um, you know, had the NES and all that, but um, that one, that one was one that, that really, that was the first game that I just spent countless hours exploring every, every little part of. And, right. Um, so yeah, in a lot of ways, I, I agree with, with everything you said there. I mean, that was really the first one that, that really hooked me into a game for more than just like picking up a controller and playing for a few minutes. Yeah, definitely. And there's so much secret stuff in that game too. I mean, just like right, you know, off the bat, you think of like, oh, well, if I throw random things in the fairy fountain, you know, eventually she'll upgrade my item. But you just like, there's not really hints in those older games for that kind of stuff like there is now. So you just had to go in there and sort of be an idiot about it and test it and push the limits and uh, see what happened or like, you know, getting your weapons upgraded by the blacksmith or the bat that messes with your magic meter that's hidden in a cave somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's just fun. It was just a fun game with a lot of cool stuff hidden and probably one of the first ones that I played, um, you know, where you weren't, uh, you know, wasn't a side scroller. Yeah. So I think that I think it was a little mind blowing in that way, just that there was so much to dig into. So like I just I love that, you know, everything about it. The nostalgia really gets me like with the the old school map from that game and just everything about it. 
Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a great one. Um, that's that's one that is definitely on my list of, of favorite games of all time. And uh, David Peoples, uh, do you have a game that you would consider your favorite game? Yeah, so I actually put together a like top five list, and it was a very difficult thing to do. I thought it'd be easy, but it was very difficult. I actually ended up with more like 20 games, but mm-hmm. I did manage to narrow it down. But there was one game that was without a doubt my favorite game from the very beginning. I put it in the number one spot, never had to touch it, never had to move it, didn't even have to think about it. And that game is Fallout New Vegas. So my favorite type of game is an RPG. And Fallout New Vegas is actually the only RPG on my list even though RPGs are my favorite. And the reason for that is no game has done it better, in my opinion, than Fallout New Vegas. Um, It's a really, really interesting game because it was developed by Obsidian in 18 months using an engine made by Bethesda. And it was actually made by the people who made the original Fallout games. And in this time of a lot of hardcore Fallout fans hating the Bethesda Fallout games because of their lack of real RPG elements and getting to create your own unique character with your unique background and experience of the way you want to experience it, Fallout New Vegas stands out because the people at Obsidian were actually a part of the team that made the first Fallout games before Bethesda got it. So Fallout New Vegas is a game that came out in 2011 and I started playing it in 2011 and I have been playing it ever since. I have it always loaded up on my Xbox and my PC. I love playing the modded versions. I love playing the vanilla versions. I've been playing it. I I replay it at least once a year uh, ever since 2011. I've beat the game no less than literally at least 20 times. Made hundreds of different characters. Spent thousands and thousands of hours in that world it's one of my favorite games it is my favorite game of all time that was without a doubt and all the games that i kind of put on my list are games that genuinely i feel like changed my life and my best friend in the world i am friends with him because we both played fallout new vegas so that's a big bias in there too it's a game that has just shaped my perception of storytelling of what story should be of the kind of games that i want to play i'm always on the lookout for the next fall new vegas because i'm always on the lookout for an rpg that will give me as much freedom while also being the level of like gameplay it's not it's very glitchy it was made in 18 months it's very rough around the edges but it's still beloved for a reason but what i was going to say is is there with the level of gameplay uh that being like a first person slash third person it's not the most refined shooting mechanics in the world but that's not what matters to me um fallout new vegas without a doubt is my favorite game of all time and if you haven't played it and you love games i highly recommend it cool um david pool do you have a game that you would consider your favorite yeah it's really tough to come up with a favorite yeah uh just especially if you play video games your whole life (laughs) you know because like you, you know you grow up with so many games and there's a lot that you have good memories of uh, I mean, if I had to pick one, it's going to have to be Halo 3. Yeah. I mean, that game was, you know, 
unbelievable, and we spent I don't know how many hours playing that game. But I mean, as far as the campaign had a good story, and then the multiplayer, I mean, that's a that's uh, a story of its own. Yeah, no, it was a really well-rounded game, and uh, yeah, it really was. And it was one of those. I mean, that's that's the one I have down here is my favorite as well. Um, and as like you said, me and you in particular spent we played <laughs> we played that game like a second job. Yeah, it'll be until four in the morning every night. Yeah, yeah, that was actually the other one that I was struggling between because I was like, Halo Three's definitely high on my list after all those hours we put in, like very, very, yeah. very late. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, that's a great, great game. I mean, I still, I would argue, I think it's hard to argue against Halo 3 as the best FPS game of all time. Like, I mean, some of that's, the Call of Duties are up there. I mean, like Modern Warfare 2, you know, would be yeah. a good entry too. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there are things, but as far as like, when you look at those games as well-rounded, I mean, I did play the, the, campaign for call of duty uh modern warfare 2 um that may have been the only one i ever actually played the campaign for because that was really never what those games were about for me but um you know as far as just a pure multiplayer fps black ops 3 even though a lot of people it was a lot of people don't like that game for one reason or another. They did a lot of things better than any Call of Duty ever did. And for me, I think it was really the last really great Call of Duty game. Have you uh, played the, the Modern Warfare uh, remake? I have not. Not the remaster, but the remake. I, I've, I actually play that one pretty often. Now I haven't touched Cold War yet. I actually my uh, I love my grandmother, but she doesn't know the kind of games I like. She got me Call of Duty, uh, uh, Cold Cold War. I'm like, oh, thanks, and I haven't touched it yet. But uh, I do really enjoy. I randomly bought Modern Warfare, and and I think a lot of Call of Duty fans would agree that it is one of the better ones in the past few years. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to play. That multiplayer is really good, and the campaign was really good. Just a side note, uh, since we were talking about Call of Duty. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what is it for you, David, that would make you, would make you say Halo 3 as, as, your, as your pick? Uh, besides, like, the sheer amount of hours I spent in the game? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had a story you were invested in. I mean, yeah. you have Master Chief, you've never seen his face, but, I mean, you're really invested in the character and their world. Right. No, it was a they they were really really good at the storytelling and um and I, I had to face the fact a long time ago that I, I don't guess I will ever be that good at a video game again. Oh no. <laughs> um you know, I it doesn't stop me from trying, but I, I'm you know we were talking about it last night because you were watching some streamers play Apex and they're playing hard level games and just like goofing around and beating everybody. And, you know, I remember the nights that we would just be goofing around with our, our crew there and laughing and joking and never, and you'd sit down and play for six, seven, eight hours and never lose a game. Yeah. And, and how mad people would get when they realized we were just goofing off. Yeah. I think the day we were talking about the Muppet Babies in the <laughs> post-game lobby was the one that really set people off. 
There was some good, oh, I, good times on those, that game. I miss those classic pre-game and post-game lobbies. The good old days when and lots of very inappropriate things being shouted and 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 said. But it was it was so much fun. A great place full of trash talk. Lots of traumatizing things probably happened for a lot of people in pre-game <laughs> and post-game lobbies of F, of F, FPS I, games. I, I, I but, those but nothing lobby. better. <laughs> I forgot about Robbie traumatizing people in post game lobbies. Yeah, he traumatized a few. Yeah, I said a lot of I said a lot of weird stuff. If uh, if uh, a man named Disco Fed ever said something weird to you in a Halo lobby, uh, you know what? I'm actually not sorry. Um, not sorry. Put it on the record. Not sorry for it. <laughs> oh man, I miss those. I miss uh, playing Halo and you know just being in the lobby goofing off with eight people that you know half of them you haven't even met but you feel like you really know them really well it was a it was a really good time i remember even uh just kicking off in like nights where we didn't have a full squad we would just go play the uh online multiplayer together and uh just play through the campaign again and i still have some like really great moments with the big mechanical you know kind of stuff you fight in there where we're all just like trying to beat up on it and Somebody will be off goofing off, the three of us beating up on some big mechanical thing, just having a you know great time. Yeah. <laughs> Two a.m. Well, and the, a the, lot of good memories tied to that game. Well, the other thing about Halo Three is we had a lot of fun setting up multiple TVs in my tiny little apartment. Oh, with the land party and having God. land parties, and you know, um, I've never really done that with a game since um, since Halo Three. But we had a lot of fun doing that. I guess we did some of that with Halo 2 as well. Or was that all Halo 3? It was probably some Halo 2. I remember doing that with Halo 2. I think I have a pretty pretty strong memory of bringing the uh, the big the big old Xboxes in there. Yeah. One of my favorite gaming memories of all time is actually about Halo. And it's really, really funny and really bizarre that it happened but so as y'all know halo is an xbox exclusive it, it was not on pc but halo one had a demo on pc that you could play right and at my school you know that's like a shared network some kid years ago hacked into the shared network and he uploaded the halo one demo to this shared network of every computer in the entire school parish. And uh, they could not get it off no matter what they did. They couldn't figure it out, which is hilarious to me that some kid was smarter than like the technicians that work for the state. But um, so it was up there. And so we'd go to the computer lab and every day, every single day when we were done with our work, cause it was super quick to do that computer lab, every single dude in there would download halo one demo and we would get in this giant land party playing the halo one demo in the middle of school and it made the administration so pissed off that they could not get it deleted from the thing no matter what they tried and that is just so hilarious and bizarre to me that i spent a lot of my hours at school playing halo one on the computers great moments in 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 those times all right so outside of outside of those games that's kind of everybody's favorite or you know at least the best we could narrow it down and it it is hard to pick a favorite because when you say video games you're not talking 
if you ask me what my favorite FPS of all time is, I, I say Halo without thinking about it. But the games, the, the variety of games, is there's so much more to that because the, the one that I was really wrestling with with Halo was a totally different kind of game. It was actually Civilization IV, uh, which is a game that I have just invested hundreds of hours into and... Um, and, and I've had others. Uh, Civ Five was okay. The new Civ is actually really good, but um, I feel sometimes like they overcomplicated Civ Six. But I, Civ Four was mm-hmm. kind of like the one where they really hit everything just right. I mean, were any of y'all ever into the Civ games? I love Civilization. Uh, yeah, I only ever played uh, Civilization Revolution, so not not quite the that same thing, one. but a lot of fun. Okay, David, you played some Civ, right? Yeah, like I got into Civ Revolution. Like honestly, that was like in what the Halo Three days. Yeah, but um, Civ Five actually is on my computer right now. I was just checking to see while we were talking about it. Uh, Civ Four and Five, I got into. I never got into Six. Okay, I never got. I bought Six when it came out, and I liked it. But there's for me the reason I'm primarily a console gamer. I know there's some people out there going, "Oh, they're just talking about console games." the truth is is that i just refuse to spend the money and maintenance time on a on a gaming pc (laughs) it's uh because as previously mentioned for me gaming is something i want to turn it on i want to play a few minutes and relax and i want to turn it off and i don't you know gaming pcs are really really expensive they can be really time consuming and a total headache and uh and I know that, you know, a really good gaming PC is a superior system in a lot of ways, but it's not it's it not for the kind of gaming that I want to do. But where Civ comes in, Civ 6 did not run that well on my PC. There's just so much to load. And it honestly, now that it's available on the Xbox, I've been playing it a little more and it runs better on my Xbox than it did on my computer. Other than your, the one you named as your favorite, I mean, who, who else, what are some other favorite games of y'all's? Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of the Mass Effect series. That's another one that was always going to be in my top five. And I cannot wait for the Legendary Edition coming out. That's just an excuse to play it again. Uh, I've probably played those games, the whole trilogy, over and over, like five times probably. I played the first two over and over. After the the third one, I kind of gave up. Yeah, no, I haven't played like Andromeda or whatever. Like, I'm not going to play that stupid game. But, uh, I, I mean, I don't like the third one's ending, of course. But I, I like the experience of doing the whole trilogy. It, it, there's really very few trilogies like it i'd say halo comes in as playing that like you got to play those first three games back to back uh as a great trilogy and there aren't a whole lot of other games that just offer the same experience that mass effect does yeah i mean the mass effect series is not one i ever really got into david pool i know you played a lot of the mass effect stuff yeah, I mean, like, the first two games were amazing. The third one had me to the ending, and that ending was so bad. I hate to say it. I mean, it really ruined the game for me. <laughs> it kind of really ruined the interest I had in the whole franchise. But the first two games, like, I mean, I would do, you, you know, I would do, like, multiple playthroughs just to get the different options, you know, and the different dialogue choices. I mean, I was super into those games. Yeah. 
Who's your romance option? Oh man, it's important. Uh, all these these hard hitting issues. <laughs> For which game? Uh, like the first one I picked Ashley, even though she was kind of a you know what, but you know, yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, no, but that's the only choice he got. <laughs> or yeah. or well, there's there's Liara. Uh, so two, let's go. Who's two? Who's your romance option? It opens oh, up a lot Miranda, there. Right? Miranda. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Robbie, I, did, I, I, I romance Miranda. Robbie, did you play those games at all? Yeah, I, I played the first one. I think uh, me and David Poole actually played through at this around the same time because I remember yeah, like talking about it. Um, yeah, I played the first one. I really loved it, and I remember actually like I think I bought the second one, and then I never played it. I don't know what happened. Like, I have no idea, like, what life event led to me buying a game that I really wanted to play and then just not playing it for some reason. But, uh, yeah, I never played past the first one. Well, the Legendary Edition's coming out, and it's, it's a great opportunity for anyone who hasn't uh, had a chance to experience it. If you're a sci-fi fan, I, I don't know if there's a better ex- sci-fi RPG experience at least one the, Mass Effect offers a very particular experience. I think that is that is worth checking out. It's it's so much fun to make your character, and yeah, you 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 play as Shepard no matter what, but you really can change your experience, and it'll be very different from anybody else who plays the game. That's cool. It's a, um, it looks like an interesting game, and I mean the predecessors to that were of course the 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 Knights of the Old Republic games and. Um, that's a, that's another one that's kind of, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the first game is really how my list of games is one I, I really love. And, um, I don't know if y'all saw, but they're actually making a new Knights of the Old Republic. No, I didn't. I don't know. They, the only thing is, is they haven't told us what studio is making it. That's going to be important. I really don't know what to expect or, or who's making this new one, but I, I hope, <laughs> I hope it's good. You know, it's one of those things that's, I like the first two so much. I really worry about them screwing something up, but hopefully they get it right. It's a very particular experience you're looking for when you play a Knights of the Old Republic game. Right. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people... I think a lot of people don't appreciate the game for what it is. I mean, if you really look at it, one of the interesting things about it is it's actually the combat is based on a, uh, a D 20 system. And a lot of people, when the new one got announced, I saw a lot of people complaining about how boring the combat was in the original. It's like, it's not a combat game. It's there is combat, but it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not about the combat. It's an adventure game. It's, it's an RPG. And so I was a little shocked to see at least in some of the forums, a huge number of the comments being about how they needed to update the combat. And I mean, what do y'all think about that? I mean, I think everybody here played Knights of the Old Republic, right? Uh, I did yeah. not. I okay. actually don't know how I missed that one either, but I somehow missed that one. Okay, because that, that's actually my favorite Star Wars game of all time is Knights of the Old Republic, the, the original. Yeah, there's like a weird two-year gap in my uh, just like media consumption for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, you did play Knights, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um, 
I mean, would you like, if they do it, like, would you like to see it come back more as an RPG like it was or as more of a combat type game? I mean, to me, it was always about the story. And right. I, mean, I hate to say that I could care less about the combat, but I'm kind of at that point. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... I mean, I, I agree with you completely, though, because, I mean, the, it's the just combat... just not why I played the game. Right. I mean, it's all about the story. In fact, Knights of the Old Republic is one of the greatest Star Wars stories that's ever been written. Um, they did such a fantastic job. Now, the, the second one is just kind of echoes of the first game in, in story, but it's still interesting. It's still fun to play, and it's fun that you can go in and you can play it any number of different ways for, for different outcomes, but... Um, no, I'm excited to see that they're, they're doing another one there. Um, what are, what are some other, other games that y'all are into or have been really into in the past? I mean, anybody like a, you know, hardcore Tetris fan or <laughs> our mom, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Mario, Dr. Mario. Nice man. You know, I have a, a couple more on my list. Um, but on the RPG route, I think, um, Fallout 4 was one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Um, I had never played any of the Fallout games or any, um, you know, any game quite like that. And uh, I just had a blast playing it and getting to kind of choose my, like, own ending there and kind of going through the moral quandaries of, well, how do I deal with this? How, you know, th this is what my character thinks, but this is what Robbie wants to do. How do I come to a conclusion here? So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, see... Fallout 4 is a, a difficult game for me because on one hand, I've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into it. And on the other hand, I I just hate it with a passion, yet I still have it loaded up on my Xbox. I don't know how to explain it. Um, <laughs> I think it's the problem with Fallout for me is that I just want it all to be like Fallout New Vegas, and that's just not realistic. The problem I have with Fallout 4 is that and it's the problem with all the Bethesda games, to be honest, is Bethesda really wants to tell a story. They want to tell a game that has a – they want to tell a story that is one way and it goes this way. And you get to pick like three different endings, but you are a guy who had a son whose son was taken and you have to hunt it down. There's, there's not a lot of room there to really interpret things. But once you get out into the world – you can kind of just ignore that if you want to. Yeah, you can just pretend that's not happening. And when I do that, I love Fallout 4. It has the best combat of any Fallout game, that's for sure. It has a really fun world to explore. The, the good thing about the Bethesda's Fallout games is they're so great at visual storytelling. You can go to an area, and there's a skeleton on the ground, and it'll be holding a smaller baby-sized skeleton. And... and there's no like dialogue or NPCs or anything like that. You just, you know what happened there. Um, stuff like that. And, and so they're very good at visual storytelling and, and coming up with interesting concepts and fun little towns to put in the world. And Fallout 3, there's a town called the Republic of Dave, and it's a democracy, but it's <laughs> like five people. And so every year they have a vote, but Dave keeps winning the vote. So it's the Republic of Day. Like, it's just these weird little things that they're really good at coming up with. I don't like their character and the way they handle the... I don't like the way they handle character and story when it comes to the role-playing aspect. But when it comes to world-building, nobody does it better than Bethesda. 
And so I definitely see why Fallout 4 is, is beloved by so many. Like I said, I've played hundreds of hours of Fallout 4, even with my problems with it. Well, so let me ask. I know, so I know you like the uh, just because this was almost um, this was almost on my list too, and it was basically this between this and Fallout Four. Um, did you play Outer Worlds at all? Because that is, I, I believe, Obsidian, right? Yeah, I did play Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds was the game I was most hyped for in such a long time because it was Obsidian, and I'm sure you heard the people talking like it, people saying that basically it, this was the Fallout New Vegas two that Obsidian never got to make. Um, uh, at playing Fallout New Vegas, I can tell you that Outer Worlds is very much, uh, it's it's very much the same game, at least in the way they approach it. If you like the Outer Worlds, I think you'll love Fallout New Vegas. Um, it's pretty obvious that Obsidian really wanted to make a Fallout New Vegas too, but they just couldn't, and so they made the Outer Worlds. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean, to, or they want to make a Firefly game. They probably wanted to make a Firefly game because every single character in that game is obviously just based off of a flyer, Firefly character. Um, you're on your ship, and you have your ragtag group of, of um, your ragtag group of scoundrels, and one of them's a farm girl who has a funny accent and she's from a small town but she's a mechanic and she's really good with ships and and so on and so forth uh yeah i love the outer worlds i think it's a i think it's a great game i i wouldn't call it one of my favorites of all time but i i've played it a lot and i I love the world i love the space adventure and the role play that comes with that Cool. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a solid game, and the uh, the uh, DLC that came out uh, a couple months ago is really cool for it as well. It kind of really was better than the original game. I need to play that then, if you say so. So another game, and, and we've already it's already been mentioned once, so Robbie can click it off a second time on his uh, on his counter over here. But <laughs> another game that of the games that are listed in my favorite games. This one is such a simple game, but it's still one. I don't, I don't even really understand why it's so replayable. And I still play it at least once a year. I pull it out and play through the whole game two or three times is Sid Meier's Pirates. Um, now it is a game that one of the few games I've actually discussed at length on this show, because I got real excited about it when they started talking about the uh, pirate module for Civ 6, which really was mostly a big disappointment. But um, Sid Meier's Pirates is one of those that me and Robbie found that. I, I, I don't even remember why we went and bought a video game while we were on vacation. Yeah, I don't know. We were So we were in a, you know, kind of strip mall down in Florida or Gulf Shores and, uh, we were wandering around, and I don't even think it was a game store. I think it was just a bookstore that was selling used games or something like yeah. that. And it was just in the pile and looked interesting. But no, we got that. And so in the evenings and stuff, when we were there on vacation, we started playing Pirates. And we logged a lot of hours on it then. And uh, like I said, it, it's one that it's a simple story. And sometimes I play it and I constantly think about man they could do wonders with this whole concept with a modern ai 
and, and some modern things to it. But at the same time, it's like I can't really complain much about it because I pull it out and play it all the time. And uh, did either David Poole, you've played that game too, right? Oh, Pirates? Yeah. Yeah. How did how did you get introduced to Pirates? At your house? At my house? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly because it's not a game that I hear people talk about a lot. You know, I had to find a copy on eBay. Like, it was hard to find. And uh, like I said, it's one that I just found purely by chance. And I've had more fun playing that game than than almost any game I've ever played. And I... And I I mean, what is it for y'all about that game that makes it so much fun? I think for me, it's that every playthrough that I've ever done on that game has been absolutely 100% different. And I don't just mean I've played through it like five or ten times. I've probably, like, no joke, I would say between 25 and 50 times I've picked up that game and started a new playthrough. Um, probably more than that, actually, because I've sat down and done multiple playthroughs in a day. Um but every every single time it's different. And if you're in the mood to take territories, you can spend the whole game taking territories. If you want to, you know, just treasure hunt, you can do that. If you want to, you know, accomplish one of the 10 other things, you can do that. Or you can play the main storyline, which is really hard to get all the way through in one playthrough. So it's it's really, to me, it's just, it's so replay, it's so simple, but every little aspect of it is so much fun and it's just constantly replayable. Um, like just, I can, I can, I could go play it right now and play a different playthrough than I've ever done. Yeah. David, what about you? I mean, I don't know when the last time you pulled it out and played it was, but. Oh man, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been like a really long time. <laughs> I think they finally made it backwards compatible and that might've been around the time you bought the digital version. Yeah. But I mean, I bet you it's been 10 years. Okay. Um, but it, it's one of those games that, like I said, I, you know, I pick it up and play it probably once a year. And, um, Robbie, have you ever actually managed to beat all of the, like do all of the challenges in a single game? No. Last time I sat down to try, like I've made it halfway through before I think, but I, I sat down last time to try and I could not like get the right things to happen. Like just luck. Was yeah. Not there's, there's thing. definitely a lot of luck involved because you do have a, a time limit more or less. Right. And I did it last time I, I set out to, to do a full playthrough on Twitch and was going to do, was going to like do all the challenges. And I did everything except I could not get the map to find the last, um, the last treasure, the, the big, um, I think it was the, the Aztec treasure maybe. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, because there's four of those. Right. And I couldn't get the last one and nothing I did. And, and I, it ended and I, I never was able to get that map. Cause you know, sometimes it's squirrely and it'll like, Oh, here's a piece of this map. And it's just a corner right. of a piece of paper with nothing on yeah, it. Yeah, Like you can't even guess. <laughs> right. I mean, li like literally has nothing, no landmark, no words. It's just right. like a corner of piece. It's like, what do you mean a piece of them? A, a piece of a map. <laughs> yeah, you could hand you anything and call it a piece of a map, I guess, if this is a piece of a map. Um, but uh, what are what are some other games? Like, David, you talked about NCAA. Do, do you remember if you had a, a favorite of the NCAA games? 
I really don't. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the last one I actually bought. I think I still own NCAA 2012. Like, it's still on my shelf. So I'm just going to go with that one. It seems like 12 was the one that I kept coming back to. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think, but I don't remember what the last good. one, I don't remember what the last one was. Uh, 14, I think. They got too complicated as far as like with the weird, like day to day activities you had to do if you were trying to do whatever, like the dynasty mode. Right. Where you had to like, you know, you had to call all your recruits and you had to like pitch them on certain things and it got to be <laughs> just like a little too micromanagey. You had to slip them bags of cash and McDonald's bags. Exactly. <laughs> that's good. I hear that's going to be in the new one. There's <laughs> actually a preview of our NCAA football uh, podcast. <laughs> um, so are there are there any other big games? Like, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've kind of named a lot of the ones. I mean, I've got a shelf full of games, but uh, most are first person shooters. David, is there a what was the game that first got you into first-person shooters? Goldeneye. Right. I mean, without a doubt. Oh, I can't believe I left Goldeneye off my list on yeah. accident. That's a crazy... <laughs> that's, there were so many a... nights where people would sit in my house and play Goldeneye to, I don't know, how late. Yeah, no, that was a huge one. And we played that. And that was especially the big one when our when the cousins were all in town and we would just spend the whole weekend playing, playing Goldeneye. Yeah. No, it's like yeah. what on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. yeah. You set up the uh, GoldenEye tournament, set the rules down, and uh, and lay, lay the gauntlet down. Yeah, no odd job. <laughs> uh, no slappers only. Uh, no no glitching the proximity mines. The thing is, I went back and tried to play that, and the hardest thing I had to deal with is the fact you can't jump in that game. Oh, God, that would kill me. I always, I'm always yeah. looking for the jump button in every game. <laughs> I, well, Halo, yeah, I hey, Halo did Dark. that to us. Do, yeah, do what? that's true. The first Halo was the same way. I was going to say, I don't know if you guys played Perfect Dark, but it was, you know, very similar to GoldenEye. I think it may have been made by the same company. Okay. So we played that one in my house a lot, too. Yeah, I never played that one. Uh, but Our, we, uh, we definitely played out. a lot of GoldenEye. David, uh, David Peoples, did you ever play GoldenEye? No, I mean, like, you know, it, it would have been an old, it would have been an old game for you as far as playing yeah. it. I, that's why I wasn't sure if you had ever no, even just, played on the N64. No, I, I just never had a chance uh, to play it. I never owned an N64. Uh, it was always like a friend had it. and Because by the time I was born, an N64 was old. So, right. Um, it's feel really old right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I never, I never got a, a chance to. I've always heard about how important it is, though. And as a fan of like gaming history, of course, I know all about it, and I know all about uh, the the tournaments. And like that was one of the first games, like first FPS games that was like played in that way of like who's the best GoldenEye player in the world and like tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, unless I'm remembering that wrong. No, I mean it was uh, it was a huge game. I, I mean it was. I mean, for a little while there, it was probably the biggest game out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also, I mean, the N64 was, it, it was, it was one of the early games on the N64, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very early. It was, uh, probably, I, I could be totally wrong here, but I want to say it was released in the first year. Um, I definitely 
God, man, I remember that's all we talked about at school. Like that's, uh, that's, you know, all I did on the weekends. I remember coming home from like one of your football game, like high school football games. And like, I sat in the living room at our grandparents' house and like, I finally beat the game that night. Like just sitting there and like, finally was able to get past it. And it was just, I mean, it, it was another one of those. The multiplayer was so cool. Like everybody was just. I think it was the first thing most of us played like that multiplayer, but then the uh, yep. campaign itself was awesome as well. So um, as far as the N64, I, I think it, it bears mentioning since this is a gaming, a gaming episode is, was there ever a weirder controller than the N64? It was a pretty weird controller. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, uh, what they were going for there. I mean, the, the joystick was, uh, you know, on a control a console controller was pretty revolutionary but right. but it well i mean it, uh, it really was kind of the the first one to to put that joystick on the on a console controller i mean it it, it played a role in changing console gaming for sure oh yeah uh but it's it hard was, to go back and hold one of those controllers now though after it, you know, <laughs> holding the uh xbox you know the the yeah, really nice kind of xbox like, controllers kind of held the side of it right like the joystick was in the middle the joystick yeah. was in the middle and it had a hand you could hold either side it did have a d-pad but you had to yeah. hold that middle handle to use the joystick and then if you're doing that you can't use the d-pad at all like you're you can't yeah it was yeah, uh, most, it was an odd control most games were mapped pretty much the same, so it was always like really tough when you'd rent a new game for the weekend and you sit down to play it, and it's like they decided to get real crazy with their mapping. So you know, you spend the first hour of the weekend learning the new mapping, <laughs> and getting used to that. Of course, I remember the first time I picked up a an Xbox controller and was like, "What, <laughs> what devilry is this?" Uh, and, you yeah. know, <laughs> you're having <laughs> to move Xbox your lower controls. your lower body and your upper body separately with two separate thumbsticks. It was like, what yeah. is what is yeah, happening? That, thing, that thing's a weapon. The original <laughs> controller. Oh, yeah, the original controller was huge. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Goldeneye was. I think for I, I guess Robbie, that's that was your first real intro to FP. I guess that was all of our real first intro. I mean, that yeah. was kind of the the grandfather of FPS games in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, I can't think of anything older. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't play anything Jesus. before that. Um, I didn't play a whole lot of games before the 64. Um, honestly, right. I mean, I had, you know, maybe five uh, Super Nintendo games and then the 64 came out. And that one, that was the first one where I was like addicted. I wanted a new game. I saw a new game and I wanted it. I yeah. had found a way to get it. Yeah. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, N64 dropped when you were what, like 10? Yeah, honestly, they got me good, too. I I think I've told this story on this podcast before, so I'll just make it really quick. But I basically, I go out to the mail one day, get the mail, and there's a videotape in there for me. And I'm like, well, why did I get sent a videotape from Nintendo of America? So <laughs> I... <laughs> I go and it's like it's colorful though, it's, and it's got like uh, you know I see Donkey Kong on it and you know uh, a couple other things, and uh, so I go in there and it's just this like '90s like flashing images in front of my face, burning Nintendo into my brain, <laughs> and they're showing me Wave Race and they're showing me Pilot Wings and they're showing me all this, and then they like start talking about the console and it's you know being 3D and they show off uh, Mario running in a big circle and like doing a flip and it blew my 10 year old mind. Uh, it was amazing. And, uh, they made a lot of money off sending me that videotape. <laughs> <laughs> you were never deprogrammed. 
Nope, <laughs> it just stayed. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, they got me really, really good. Whoever was doing the uh, like, you know, market research for Nintendo at that time nailed it. David, do you remember what got you in? Because I mean, I guess we all online game to some extent. What game got you into online gaming? Well, the first one I ever played, and once again, I'm feeling really old. But the first one I ever played was Duke Nukem 3D, and it was on the LAN connection where you had to like dial in. Mm, yes. Yeah. And it was pretty terrible, but I mean, that's the first <laughs> one I remember. Okay. Yeah, I never really played any Duke Nukem games except the first one. Um, I was really, for, for a long time, I mean, we played in our house, it was almost all sports games, uh, with the exception of Mario and Zelda, you know, the, the kind of the Nintendo staples there. But um, I picked up one, it was the game that really got me hooked on multiplayer online gaming was probably ghost recon. Um, that's the one that when I was in college, I started playing that one. I think that was in like 2002, 2001, 2002. And that was really my first experience. That's when, you know, the Xbox, you know, Xbox live kicked off and, um, I finally had the first time I had internet fast enough to play an online game <laughs> and, uh, played a lot of ghost recon. Robbie, you played some of that with us. I did play some ghost recon. I was pretty awful at it. Um, I think, but we I all do, were. I do remember like sneaking, like ghost recon was fun. Cause you kind of like, you know, most online multiplayer games are very, very fast paced and ghost recon was the opposite. Right. Uh, so I really like that aspect of it. Well, the way they do a lot of the the online multiplayer games is that your care you can't really hide. Like Call of Duty and games like that, like you're gonna have to be in a building to be to be hidden. Like they intentionally make your character sort of stand out, so you can't just like lay on the ground on a hill and just shoot people. Right. Like people are gonna see you, but Ghost Recon was different. You could hide. Yeah, you, honestly, I totally forgot about playing the multiplayer on that game until you mentioned it. I was like, I never played Ghost Recon. I was like, wait a minute. I do remember. I remember the farm. Yeah. Well, we played a lot of that multiplayer at the house, too. Yeah. Um, that was the one where we would play with the cousins and they would do strange things on it. <laughs> I, I, we could do a whole podcast on uh, one of our cousins, uh, his his tactics when playing uh, multiplayer games against someone. It, it mostly <laughs> involves running or hiding, but in very funny ways. I remember the first time I ever played a football game. Uh, I was Drew Brees for the Saints, and I was court quarterback, and then they started coming after me, and I got scared, and I ran all the way back to the end zone trying to avoid getting tackled because it terrified me. <laughs> As we kind of start to, to wrap up here, I mean, did anybody else have any other games on their list that they wanted to throw out there before we move Let on? me just... Let me just throw out my I'll throw out my honorable mentions because I got a few that I feel like deserve their name thrown out there. Uh, Secret of Mana uh, was always fun for me. Oh, um, game. Yeah, I just I, it was burned into my brain for so long and I didn't know the name of the game. I thought it was a Final Fantasy game because I, I, I did couldn't. too. I had the same issue you did. <laughs> yeah, so it took forever. And then one day I was someone was like, "Are you talking about Secret of Mana?" I was like, 
let me look it up and i looked it up and i was like yes so it, that I, was I like it was like a square soft game or no yeah i think so and it definitely had it, it felt like it should have been a final fantasy game and so it was very like it was cathartic to find out what that game was. Yeah, because um, I was looking really hard to find that on an emulator one time, and I could not remember what it was. I think a lot. I think I've heard other people say they had that issue too. So I'm glad we're not alone. <laughs> um, and then the others. Uh, so Mario 64, of course, just because it was a game changer. Wave Race. I feel like we played so much Wave Race. Um, <laughs> we did. I had forgot about that game until you mentioned it. But yeah, we played a lot of that game. Yeah, and that was always a blast. Um, let's see, we mentioned all these other city skylines we kind of talked about a little bit. And then I played a lot of Harvest Moon growing up. So not only Harvest Moon, as an honorable mention, but Stardew Valley, because it, uh, you know, the creator there uh, went out of his way to develop a really cool game of what almost everybody who played Harvest Moon really wanted out of Harvest Moon and has continued to update that game and make it even cooler. So those are... Those are my honorable mentions of just like, you know, not my favorites, but definitely games that have meant a lot. Cool. Uh, David, uh, Peoples, do you have any other games you wanted to throw out before we moved on? Yeah, so I I love video games. And even in the course of this podcast, I started thinking about other ones. We've been talking a lot about sports games. And it made me think about something I, I didn't even consider. But uh, the SmackDown versus Raw games... Uh, from the 2000s were a huge part of my childhood and my love of wrestling. Freaking love those games so much. They're they're incredible. I still play all the WWE games as they come out. Even the bad ones, I'll still play them because I want to have the updated rosters and stuff like that. So I love the SmackDown versus Raw games, though. Uh, they're, They're real special to me. Uh, also Minecraft is like, it's, it seems kind of silly to say, but Minecraft is one of the best games ever made in my opinion. Like the the simplicity of it makes it amazing. And I think that's a game that's going to be popular for years. Uh, the last of us has one of the most incredible stories I ever experienced. I never cried so much, uh, until another game, uh, that I, that, that I'll talk about in a minute. Last of us is great. Sad. They screwed it up with two, but the last of us the first one is is that was one of the first games i played that made me think like wow this is this 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 is like pure art uh is more than just a game um red dead redemption 2 is a, is one of the more recent ones that we've talked about tonight but red dead redemption 2 is another incredible game best western game ever made and has an incredible story that is honestly like changed my perception of life like it's that deep and and, and the themes it gets into and uh marvel's ultimate alliance is there were a couple incredible games and real sad that they you can't even get those games anymore because the license expired and they aren't going to renew it it's impossible to get those games unless you already had a copy and then uh my my last but certainly not least game that i want to talk about is telltales the walking dead um specifically season one but i I like the whole series that's the game that made me cry more than last of us did um that that's what beat it for it uh incredible story it's so simple it's a little point click adventure but it affected the lives of so many people like literally you can watch so many videos on it people talking about how emotional the story is It's, it's a really incredible story and journey to go through and even if 
at the end of the day, your choices don't matter that much. It's kind of like this illusion of choice. The story and the experience of playing it is still worth experiencing just for yourself to to get so close to those characters and, and watch them die and see what they go through. Um, and I played that at a relatively young age. I mean, that was like early 2000. Like I was not even a teenager yet. Same with Last of Us. And so playing games like that where like they dealt with like death and like the death of like parent figures and stuff like that was just insane and it blew my mind and it uh changed just like red dead redemption 2 did recently it just like changed my perception of the world and that's what all my favorite games do that i've talked about fall of new vegas mass effect red dead redemption and telltales the walking dead of like and last of us have all just like literally changed my life and that's why they're in the top five for me Cool. Uh, David Poole, what el- what else did you have on your list as, as we kind of wrap up? Yeah, we touched on most of them. I mean, like, GoldenEye was major. And then uh, Mario Kart, man. We played the hell out of some Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, then I kind of had a gap where I really didn't play anything until Halo came out. And then, you know, Halo really got me back into video games. Uh, the Assassin's Creed series, especially, like, all the Ezio games, like, around, like, Assassin's Creed 2. Love those games a lot. I like Black Flag a lot. Um, Black Flag's great. I, I like the the first of the Tomb Raider reboots. Um, the second one was okay. I don't I don't even know if they made a third, but I really love the first of that Tomb Raider reboot. Also, uh, the Mass Effect games are great. Uh, Kotor. We touched on most of it. Yeah. I feel like I would have to like pull out my like my gaming collection, you know, to actually look to see. You know, like what else is out there? I mean, we spent hours in Halo, and man, I don't even—I know I'm leaving things out, but uh, there's just a lot to cover. Yeah, there really is. I in mean, the so- middle of the night tonight, I'm gonna be like, "Dang it, I should have brought that." <laughs> oh, I know, me too. I'll be half asleep. Going, oh my god, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I had some <laughs> others um, that I think I may have played more than than the rest of y'all, but uh, Battlefront Two, uh, not not the one that's recent that's out now the like 2004 2005 yeah. star wars battlefront 2 that's the ewok shooting game do what that the one where you could shoot ewoks because i think so <laughs> i'm there for that i believe you can shoot ewoks in it yes um that's a great game yeah no i love that one uh ace combat 6 oh man forgot about ace combat series um, I loved Ace Combat 6. Unfortunately, Ace Combat, the, the next one, uh, when 7 came out, I was so excited and they had messed the flight mechanics up so bad that I played it for 30 minutes and sold it on eBay. And, oh, man. <laughs> tragic. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of other good games. I mean, Star, the Star Wars games were, you know, Lucasfilm or LucasArts at the time by themselves had, had just tons of good games and force unleashed. Yeah. Force unleashed. Yeah. Force unleashed was a great game. Um, and, and in the halo series, uh, halo two, halo three were my favorites. And I, I had never played halo at all until I met David and he brought halo two to my apartment. Oh no, he brought the original halo, uh, combat evolved. Yeah, it was the first one. And then like, so when two came out, I went and bought it immediately. Uh, I was so bad at combat evolved, but it was so much fun. And, uh, then we went and got, I got the second one and, and was hooked from then on on halo. But one we didn't mention in the halo franchise is ODST, which was a great game. It was a good game. It just wasn't a whole lot to it. No, it was too short. 
Unfortunately, they that's kind of million, the thing with a lot of games now is story games have just gotten shorter and shorter. They have. No, I mean, that's, you know, we've named a lot of really good games. And, and like y'all, I'll be thinking of games all night tonight that I should have mentioned. But uh, as we kind of finish up, is there anything you're currently really excited for that's coming in in gaming? Whether it be an update for a game or a new game. I can't wait for them to make Cyberpunk 2077 playable. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard a little of that. It sounds like yeah. that one's been a little bit of a nightmare. For people. I've been so excited for that game. I don't think I've ever been more hyped for a game than 2077. And then it comes out and it it's just uh, it, it should not have been released in this state. I mean, like it's, it's obvious at this point. But CD Projekt Red is a pretty great developer so they're gonna it looks like they're gonna do what's right and and really get the game up to par i i have faith in them and they've also offered full refunds to anybody who purchased the game and, and just wants a refund they're they're a great they're a great team but yeah hopefully it'll be playable then i'll actually finish it uh i'm just gonna i'm gonna let i'm gonna wait months and let all the updates that can possibly come out come out before i touch it again because i want to experience that game to the fullest yeah, which reminds me, Witcher Three, one of the best games ever. Uh, Witcher Three just deserves a shout out on this podcast. It's incredible. Robbie, do you, is there anything you're looking forward to coming out? Um, so there is supposedly a second Outer Worlds DLC. Um, I haven't been <gasps> able to find much about the DLC, um, but they're thinking maybe um, late spring midsummer sometime like that um so i'm excited about that because the first dlc was very very good um and had one of probably the coolest interactions i've ever had in a video game in it and i don't want to spoil it so i'll just leave it at that but um yeah i'm excited about that i, I you know still no word on when that's coming out but i'll be keeping an eye on it awesome uh david what about you there's really not I mean, to be honest, which I don't keep up like I used to. I mean, eventually, I guess this Halo game is going to come out, and hopefully it looks better than some of the things I've heard about it. But there's nothing that I'm really looking forward to right now. Yeah, I mean, Halo's kind of it for me. I'm really hoping they take the time to step back and fix whatever was... Something was clearly wrong with the game for them to have stepped back and, and delayed it for this long. Um, which is a shame because that was in development forever. But no, that that's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most as far as what's coming. Um, you know, I'm currently mostly just playing Apex, and uh, we like I said, we just got a new season on that. So right now I'm just having fun with that. But um, I'm curious to see. I'm still really hoping for a good Star Wars competitive multiplayer game. The, the new Battlefront games have just not been that. Um, those have largely been a disappointment. I mean, there's been some fun things about them, but as far as being a legitimate competitive first-person shooter, they're just, they don't stack up. Um, they, they feel about 10 years behind the times at best. Um, has anybody else played those? I played them, and... I, I I played the first one. I didn't buy the second one because I didn't want to give EA any more of my money. Um, so, but yeah, I agree with you. They they just, I mean, I think they captured the atmosphere 
of being in Star Wars they, pretty well. They, they did that, that. They absolutely nailed that. And then the second one does that even better. But the 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 multi, actual gameplay. But the gameplay on the second one is actually worse than the first one. <laughs> Jeez, oh, that's a shame. All right. Well, um, does anybody have anything else they wanted to add before we wrap up? I have one thing that I've left out. Um, Scott Pilgrim game. They re-released it recently. Does anybody want to play it? (laughs) Uh, Um, I mean, on what? I mean, they they re-released it for the for the Xbox. I think you can get it on the Switch too. You might be able to. I don't know if there's cross-platform for it, but if anybody wants to play it, let me know and I'll I'll buy it. Just to play it with somebody because I have the old one. But oh, you I'm gonna play it. it. I'm gonna play it because I never got to play the old one. Oh, okay. See, I had the old one, but they lost the licensing. It's a mess because I mean, I paid for the game, but I can't re-download it. Oh, that sucks. But um, it's a great game. If you ever played like River City Ransom or like Double Dragon or something, yeah. it's right on par with that. That's awesome. It's no, basically River City Ransom skinned over to be Scott Pilgrim. Nice. <laughs> I'd be down to play that. That sounds cool. Awesome. Well, uh, anybody else, anything else to add before we wrap up? That's all I got. Okay. Well, in that case, that's going to do it for this episode of the science fictionary podcast until next time. Um, David pool, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and occasionally on Instagram at uh, J underscore David pool. All right. And David peoples. You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG peoples, or is it David JG underscore? No, it's David underscore JG peoples. You, you might've overcomplicated it. David underscore JG peoples. <laughs> and uh, Robbie is uh, invisible on the interweb. So unless you catch him writing something for the science fiction area, I think you're, you're out of luck. Yeah, uh, no social media, but uh, I have some things in the works for Science Fictionary. And then if you want to learn about cybersecurity and Python coding, you can check out RobbieGore.Medium.com if that is uh, your interest. Nice. And uh, you, you sent me this. I got home from Houston uh, almost a, almost two weeks ago now, and waiting on me was the player's guide for Dungeons & Dragons. So um, I've been reading it when I can steal it from Iana. <laughs> nice. And, uh, so, so whenever you're ready to, to get us kicked off there, I think we're all, all ready to go. Yeah. I know we've been saying it for a while, but I've, I've got something in the works for real, for real. Uh, there's been some real planning that has happened and, uh, that is something, uh, you know, we'll talk about a little more offline and then hopefully everybody will get to hear more about it. Awesome. And uh, I'm Andrew Gore. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at red5network.com or at red5network on Twitter. And until next time, may the force be with you.